Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. You're listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast, episode 40. You are listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with Dr. Abby Medcalf. Change your relationship even if your partner won't do a thing. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Relationships Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, who am I? Dr. Abby Metcalf. Hi there. I hope you're having a great day listening to this in your car or I don't know, at home laying on the couch or wherever it is that you listen to my fabulous voice. Uh, (laughs) This week, so these next two weeks are going to be two that kind of go together a little bit. You you can listen to them independently of each other completely, but uh, they are a little bit related in that today we're going to talk about how to stop stress from hurting your relationship. And then next week, I'm going to really speak about anxiety. So I want to be clear that stress and anxiety are two different things. Having a lot of stress can lead to anxiety, but they are really two different words. And we're going to, again, deal with anxiety next week very specifically, and we're going to deal with stress today. And again, how to stop it from hurting your relationship. So that's really what we're going to, you're going to learn today. And I'm going to teach you my top seven uh, tools or tips or however you like to talk about that. for getting stress uh, out, you know, if stress is a problem in your couple dumb, you know, to, to get rid of it. So top seven things you can be doing. So, all right. And we're going to talk, we're going to have some science today and some other stuff, but I promise as always to make it usable, understandable and things you can actually use. Cause you know, that's always my thing. I said usable twice, let it, let it go. Okay. Now there's a bunch of research out there showing that your relationship is worse off when you or your partner are under stress. And I will, I promise in the show notes, you'll have lots of links to some of the more, uh, some of the top research. Okay. So I'm not going to every time say where the research is from. If you, if you're interested in looking at it, go to the, go to my website, abbymedcalf.com forward slash podcast, go to episode 40 show notes, and you will see the links there and you can look it all up yourself. Um, so, but basically any, and any relationship is worse off when you are, 
when you're under stress. So, you know, but I'm again, going to just talk about you and your partner and, and it doesn't matter what that stress is. It could be something outside of you guys as a couple. So it could be, you know, a fight you've had with your friend or, uh, money problems, um, that nasty commute, little Jimmy's newly diagnosed gluten allergy, you know, long days of work, all these things bleed over into your relationship. And I think you can all relate to that. That So the research shows that the more frustrations and issues you have outside of your home, the more stress you have in your relationship and the less satisfied you feel in the relationship. I know, that sucks. So because when you're stressed, you're more likely to ruminate and lean towards the negative thinking. That's what happens. And when you're in this type of mood, uh, your partner then gets stressed and is likely to withdraw and isolate, right? So when you're feeling stressed and you're kind of negative and all that, your partner senses that and they're out of there. They They start to withdraw and isolate. And when they withdraw and isolate, <laughs> uh, you start to withdraw yourself. I know. And you end up both feeling abandoned, misunderstood, unsupported, all that good stuff. And you, as I'm talking, you're thinking, oh my gosh, Abby, do you have, do you have cameras in my house? Cause that's exactly what happens. Yeah. It happens to all of us. So not only does stress promote negative thinking, it also inhibits our ability to focus. It impairs our ability to plan, to think, you know, things through. It affects our judgment. It affects our listening skills. And you can imagine that when all these things are affected, your communication skills go down the proverbial drain, right? All of them. And as this, as if all this wasn't enough, when you're stressed out, your patience goes down, right? Your patience level goes down, you know, and your irritability goes up. So as we become more withdrawn and distracted, we also end up becoming less affectionate as all this is going on. We become more narrowly focused on ourselves and our own survival when we're stressed out. So we start competing with our partner. We, and that's happened so much. Stress really lends itself towards this competition with your partner. And that could be competition for attention, for time uh, in the relationship, money, other resources, all that stuff. And you know, you really end up forgetting we're on the same team. Before long, your partner becomes the enemy. So many of you listening right now know what I'm talking about, or at the very least, you, if your partner's not your enemy, you know what it feels like when you're both under a lot of stress, how you go, you retreat to your individual corners of the boxing ring to sort of come out later and forgetting that this is not a boxing match. You guys are on the same team. How much do I talk about this? A shared resource. That's what a couple is. You're a shared resource. So, uh, I, Dr. Uh, Robert Sapolsky from Stanford University, one of my favorite researchers, and he I, he's probably, I don't know, the top of the top when it comes to stress and, and talking about stress. Uh, and he points out that, or one of his like kind of main ways of thinking is that chronic stress affects our nervous system. Okay. It actually kills neurons in the hippocampus. That's the part of the brain linked to memory and learning. And not only does it kill neurons, but it also weakens the connections between the surviving ones. And your neurons, again, are just cells in your brain. So it weakens the connection between the cells in your brain is basically what it's doing. And it makes it difficult uh, for those cells to communicate with each other, which impairs 
your uh, the formation of long-term memory, the retrieval of your long-term memory. It, it impairs a ton of stuff, but literally impairs how you remember. How do you like that? <laughs> how you remember things. And you know, because uh, you've had this happen where something was to you really traumatic, maybe that happened when you were young or that happened with your partner or whatever. And you have a certain kind of way that's that you remember that. And if, and what happens sometimes later is someone will say to you, well, no, that didn't happen that way. That's not what happened. It, you know, it was this way. And you have a very different memory of it. Th- this is exactly that. When we're stressed, uh, that it really affects how we remember and then what gets uh, put away into our long-term memory. And then when we try to retrieve it, it's it's affected. It's It's really crazy. So, and at the same time, Chronic stress, so it here it is affecting and weakening these connections and shriveling them up in this kind of thinking part of our brain, right? In this, uh, the hippocampus, where again, all this kind of learning and memory is. But at the same time, this chronic stress does the opposite in another part of the brain, which is uh, called your amygdala, which you guys know I talk about a lot. Now, both of these things, by the way, are in what's called the limbic system of your brain. Uh, the amygdala and the hippocampus, but, and your amygdala, which I talk about a lot is in charge of, you should be saying it out loud right now, fear, right? It's in charge of fear in your brain. So while you're, (laughs) it's so crazy, while the stress is busy shrinking and destroying things in the hippocampus, not where we want things shrunk and destroyed, it's actually feeding and expanding the fear part of your brain, the amygdala. Yeah. And it creates something we call sometimes like a hot amygdala. And it basically means that this fear part of your brain is hyper reactive. It is lit up and becomes uh, really (laughs) a hysterical teenager, for lack of a better (laughs) way to say it. That part of your brain is just going nuts. So when you're stressed, you notice negative stuff stuff way more and you're less able to stop yourself from reacting badly to those things that you're noticing way more. And you end up impatient, not giving your partner the benefit of the doubt. Like I said earlier, you're more irritable, uh, hostile, and you can imagine this is a breeding ground for arguments to happen more. And in the end, little nothing things become real big things that you can't figure out how to deal with. So you how many couples come in my office or call me or email or whatever and say, wow, we had this big fight over nothing, over something so small and it really blew up. And that is from uh, the stress building in your relationship. So all of this is also, by the way, to sort of get started, all this stress is also the reason why your libido has left the building and your sex life has likely, likely gone out the window, which also creates more distance and disconnection in the relationship. So stress on every single level really hurts, hurts relationships. And But I, I want to say just a, a few words about stress now. So the National Institute of Mental Health says that Stress is basically the brain's response to any demand. So any demand you put on the brain, it sees as stress. It just how stressful depends on what the demand is. And every time, if it's something really easy and something it's a habit and something we know how to do well, there's very little stress. And if it's something big with bigger risk and bigger implications, uh, then right, th- then that's going to impact us much in a much larger way, and we're going to feel quote unquote, bigger stress. So uh, now a lot of you, when you think of stress, basically think of the whole fight, fight or freeze thing, right? 
the what the amygdala is in charge of. And again, in, in next week's uh, podcast, I'm going to go into more of anxiety and what happens in the in the brain and the body when we're anxious. But for today, again, I'm going to just keep focusing on stress. Um, so yes, stress releases things in our system. And, um, you know, we have cortisol and adrenaline and stress inducing hormones and all this good stuff. But in general, uh, what I want you to get is that, again, this amygdala we talked about gets sort of turned on. And this again is your fight, flight, or where your fight, flight, or freeze live, which we've talked about quite a bit when, um, and you can, I'll link in the show notes to my uh, podcast episode on uh, the lizard brain. So you can get a little more about that. But for now, I want you to think about that, that so when that happens, when we're under all this stress and we're with our partners, we're we tend to be either fighting with them, we tend to be running away, you know, figuring out some way to get away from them or what's happening, uh, escaping in some way, or we freeze, we become very passive, we procrastinate, no answers, our answer, one of those. Now, so that's all true that that happens when we're under stress, but there is an upside of stress. And instead of fight, flight, or freeze, I want you to think of something called tend and befriend. So, because there's some other science going on that's really important. And in her book, there's a great book called The Upside of Stress. I'll link to it in the show notes by Kelly McGonigal. And she's um, she's written a lot of good books about willpower and all kinds of good stuff. I, I really like her. And she's a researcher and author. And uh, But she offers a really awesome perspective I want to share with you today on stress and relationships that's different. And her research supports that stress doesn't have to lead to only this fight, flight, or freeze response, that we actually could do, there's something else that also introduces. And she talks about, she coins this, I think it's her that coins it, or maybe someone else coined it and she took it, but the tend and befriend response, because stress can also activate brain systems that help us connect with other people. How do you like that? And what she found in her work and what she talks about in her book is that uh, up until about the last decade, about 90% of stress research was done on men. Uh huh. And men respond differently to stress than women do. So we were clear that the fight or flight or freeze response to stress, that's all we thought there was. If you're only studying men, that's a large portion of what you see or what you see first. However, Women, again, don't respond to stress the way men do. So when women are stressed, they tend to reach out. They tend to care for, uh, tend to connect with other people. They, you know, women might want to get on the phone with their best friend or uh, if they have an upset, upset worker, you know, coworker, they might bake them some brownies and bring them in the next day. That's what I do. Or they might want to spend more time with the people they love when they're feeling stressed. So now, the research shows that men can have this response also. I want to be really clear. So for the men listening, this isn't just for women, but uh, you come to it just a little bit differently, but it's totally there for you. So it tur- so really what it turns out is that this, this feeling, these feelings of stress can also unleash this instinct to protect your tribe. It really makes sense. And I'm going to quote from her because it's so great from her book. She says, this instinct sometimes expresses itself differently in men than it does in women, but the two sexes share it. And in times of stress, both men and women have been shown to become more trusting, generous, and willing to risk their own well-being to protect others. So, and you might be asking, well, 
okay, why would stress lead to support and caring? And from an evolutionary point of view, this this tend and befriend response, it clearly evolved. It well, it seems clear, you know, in our um, that we had to protect our children. So the critical things a parent needs to do is be willing to put their own lives at risk for their offspring, right? And we do. We need to be able to reduce fear and increase this hope for survival for uh, in you know, as think about 200,000 years ago, or even 100,000 years ago, or darn, even even 200 years ago, this idea of protecting our offspring, of offering them some hope about the future, and again, decreasing the fear that we feel all around us. So uh, it has to be there. And the the best way to get a handle of this tend and befriend response is to talk about how it affects uh, three particular areas of your brain. So I'm going to do that right now. And this is how McGonagall lays it out. And I really liked it. So first, there's what she calls this social caregiving system of the brain. And this area is controlled by oxytocin. And you've heard me talk about oxytocin before. Uh, It's something, it's a chemical that's both a neurotransmitter and a hormone, depending on where it is in the body. And you've likely heard about oxytocin either from a previous podcast of mine or in relationship to childbirth. It, it's something that's released quite a bit in uh, in childbirth and in breastfeeding, but also even like when we tickle our children and play with them. So you can be a, a man also doing that and getting oxytocin. Uh, certainly quite a bit of it is released when we're uh, bonding with our partners and we're having sex and we're, you know, clo- feeling really close and intimate with them. So basically it's a hormone uh, or neurotransmitter that's released to help us bond with our screaming, annoying babies initially, right? So that we don't, you know, we we didn't 10,000 years ago, just, just stick them down and leave them, right? Uh, and whenever this system is activated, you want to bond or be close to other people. That's basically what happens. And you feel more, definitely more connection, but also more empathy and trust with those people around you. So, and and here's what's really important when 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 the oxytocin is being released it also hampers it it stops your brain's fear centers from from turning on so oxytocin also gives us a feeling of um uh, like a little bit of a valium, you know, <laughs> of, a, of a mellow, relaxed feeling. And the it dampens these fear centers. So really, really important. It, it cools the amygdala, so to speak. So that's one way that this uh, tendon befriend response shows up in your brain, right? So instead of just going to fight, flight, or freeze, uh, is that way. The second way it's uh, your brain is affected through your reward system and your reward system releases a neurotransmitter, a brain chemical called dopamine, which again, you've heard me talk about before. And when your reward system is activated, increases your motivation. And again, also uh, mutes your fear response. And um, McGonagall says, when your stress response includes a rush of dopamine, you feel optimistic about your ability to do something meaningful. Dopamine also primes the brain for physical action, making sure you don't, you know, freeze under pressure, right? So really important. So again, you can get stressed, but then there's this reward that can kick in, this this dopamine that can kick in where you're really uh, feeling hopeful and like, oh, we're going to get through this and we're going to make it. You know, the stress gives you that, that other feeling of push through really important. And then the last thing, the last way that there's this, a uh, something she calls the attunement system. And this is 
you know, kind of operated by the neurotransmitter serotonin. Now, when this brain system is turned on, you get a boost in your perception, your intuition, your self-control. It, it makes it easier to understand what's really important and what's needed. You can imagine how this could be important under stress. <laughs> there, so you have a better chance of your words or actions having a positive impact uh, in this way, right? So, and again, McGonagall says, she says that in uh, a tend and befriend response makes you social, brave, and smart. That's how she says it. It provides the, both the courage and the hope we need to propel us into action and the awareness to act skillfully. Yeah, that's really neat. And and here's what's really super cool. Although this whole tendon befriend response, again, evolved to make sure we protect our kids, anytime you help someone else, it activates it. Anytime. So when you love and support your partner, now anyone, but we're talking about couples today, when you love and support your partner, it triggers this biology, this bravery, this hope. So, and as you know, like I said, when you're feeling stressed and you're at odds in your relationship, there's really, I don't think any more valuable commodity than hope, is there? That you're going to be able to get through it, that you're going to reach the other side together. So instead of trying to withdraw and escape, what you want to do is connect and lean in because that's where the hope is, right? It's in the connection and the leaning in. It's, again, and it's how you get these uh brain responses to happen in, you know, in your brain, right? It, to get towards this tendon befriend instead of the fight, flight, or freeze is to really think about how you're going to help each of those little brain systems take over, right? How you're going to bond, move closer to, get that oxytocin going, right? Create that empathy and trust, how you're going to dampen those brain centers that are all, oh no, we're going to get divorced. He's going to leave me. She's going to cheat. She, whatever. All those crazy things are going in your head and really having you uh, feel like you can uh, feel hoping and courage as you're moving forward in your relationship. So, so important. Now, anytime you're feeling hopeless, frustrated, or helpless in your relationship, doing something to actively support your partner, therefore. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Will help motivate you and help you be more optimistic about the future of your relationship. I know. So really, and I'm going to teach you some ways to do that, but really, really important to know. And I tell you, there also have been studies that have included gay and lesbian couples in case, in case you only thought this, you know, was, was, uh, applicable to straight people. <laughs> and, and in those studies, they found that the amount of support individuals receive from their partners 
directly related to how satisfied they were in their relationships. That, that's what you get at the end of the day. Uh, so for couples who had lots of stress, it was the feeling of support that could make or break the relationship. And that's what I want you to get out of today's broadcast, that really leaning into your relationship, that really uh, moving towards your partner when things are stressed is so important because again, and you're going to use all this brain chemistry to get you on your way, which is great. And you're going to be able to really shift the, the, the stress situation, the stress bucket, the stress, whatever around, you know, all the stress caravan. That's, that's the word I was looking for. You may be able to turn that around so that you can find good solutions. Cause remember again, when you're really stressed, you're not thinking well, your cognitive ability is impaired. So your ability to problem solve things, think, think things through long-term plan, all of that is impaired. So you've got to, you got to shift that brain chemistry. You have to turn off that amygdala so that you can really turn on this prefrontal cortex this other part of your brain to do all this important problem solving. And again, to get all that other stuff moving in the right direction. So let's talk about the seven things to do if there's stress in your relationship. So what can you do? Yeah, that's great, Abby. We hear about the brain chemistry. It's all real nice. What do we do? I know you always ask, so I always tell you. So number one, number one, the first thing you can do is promote relaxation. I, it sounds silly, but it's real. It's from the research. It's a real thing. You've got to advocate in your partnership for stress relief for you and your partner. Remember, you're a shared resource. So if your partner remains stressed, you're both stressed. There's stress, or I should say, there's stress uh, pulling on the the battery, the shared battery that is your couple. So this could mean scheduling a couple's massage, or uh, this could mean, you know, a blowjob or going down on her or whatever else, you know, orgasm of your choice right there. Those are stress reducers. It could mean a night out at a comedy show. It could mean uh, his and hers mani petties. It could mean uh, encouraging your partner to relax in some other way. Uh, you know, going out with the girls for a day of wine tasting, getting out with your guy friends for a few hours of soccer or whatever to really support those things. What happens again, when we're stressed in a relationship, remember I mentioned all that competition. So you're thinking maybe, uh, well, I don't want him to go play soccer because that means that I have to be home now with the kids and blah, blah, blah. And which I've said a million times, why don't you both go do something you like and get a babysitter? Why don't you, <laughs> for the kids, it doesn't always have to be a trade-off that if one person gets something, the other person doesn't. And again, if you can even just take one for the team, maybe if you, if you, don't need to get a babysitter and you feel like, hey, I'm not really feeling that stressed, but my partner is super stressed, help them get relaxation somehow, you know, help them do those things and completely support them in making it happen. Okay. Number two, make it a priority to get good sleep. At least one of you, I hope both of you, uh, one of my favorites, I just had a couple uh, came in and they said that they got a, I love this. They got a babysitter one night but they stayed in. So the kids thought they left and <laughs> they, they were going out. And what they did was they had the babysitter come to the house and come, and she came kind of early, I guess. And they, she took the kids out. She, she took the, they have three kids. She took the three kids out. They all went to the park or something. And the parents took one of their cars, drove it just around the block. <laughs> 
I thought it was so funny. And then, cause they don't have a garage They're they're, um, or they don't have a garage. They can put their cars in. So, cause I said, why don't you just put it in the garage? And they said, nope, we had to park around the, so they took the car and parked around the block. And then they went up to their bedroom. I loved this and locked the door and just were in the bedroom for the night. So the kids didn't even know that they were home, but they were able to like, you know, they, they, they were in the, they actually took a bath together, which I thought was brilliant. They have a nice big bathroom, but anyway, um, but they hung out. I can't even remember if they told me they had sex. They, but they also went to bed early. They both went to sleep. And they said it was like glorious. They had like this whole night's sleep. Um, I thought that was brilliant, but anyway, you could do so many things though, to get a good night's sleep and, and to make it a priority. And I tell people all the time, you know, you hear me say it, that your, your day begins when you set your alarm the night before, that that's when your day begins because you're really saying, okay, it's time to go to bed now. I'm setting the alarm for tomorrow. I'm getting my butt into bed. A lot of folks, again, are feeling so stressed and overwhelmed all day. They feel like their only time to for themselves, quote unquote, is to uh, you know stay up all night binge watching Netflix. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you got a better night's sleep, if you got more sleep, you wouldn't need to feel this need to binge watch stuff and to veg out so much. Uh, a lot of that is because we're just overwhelmed because our battery is run out because we don't have enough sleep. So I'm just asking you, try the sleep thing for a week and see if I'm not telling the truth. You know I am. Uh, really prioritize, you know, really make sleep a priority. Okay. And number three is to reprioritize overall. What's all this craziness for? I really need you to maybe sit down and think about what you're doing and how you're quote unquote living. If you're stressed all the time with no end in sight, I wouldn't call it living. If it, So if it's short term with an end date, that's different to me. You know, you have a new baby, there's a remodel of the kitchen, there's a whatever. Okay, these things all have an end, although don't keep planning the next new thing after the, the one new thing is done, because then you're just in a perpetual state of stress. But if uh, if it's ongoing it's time to reassess and make some bigger decisions. How are you guys spending your money? If you're that stressed that you both have to work so much, are you sure you need to buy a house? I, I had a couple with me recently who were really going crazy around buying a house and um, super stressed about putting money away. Anyway, this whole thing. And they finally realized that renting for them uh, was a way that they, and, and just sort of letting that go about saving for a house was a way they wanted to live as a way they wanted to not feel so tied down and so, um, and having to make that much more money, uh, to put a down payment on a house and to save their money in different ways. And so they said, you know, we might buy a house one day. I don't know, but that that's not now they They had like a five-year goal around it and they really let that go. And it was incredible to watch. You might, uh, realize that, you know, you don't need, uh, two cars or, or you don't need the the brand new spanky cars you have. What what about having a used car? You might, I don't know. There's a million ways you can reprioritize to look at time, money, and, and goals that you've had that you're working so hard for, but you're super, super stressed about that maybe those aren't the goals that need to happen anymore. Maybe the things you thought you wanted now that you're, you know, in your life living it aren't the things you really want. So to sit down with your partner and really think things through would be awesome. I know a lot of times I have couples who, I, I know you out there, they have their kids in private school and, and they're taking, you know, 
I don't know, French horn lessons and they have a language and they have four sports and they have, it's like people slow it down. (laughs) Is that all really needed? And I know in your head, sometimes I hear you, it's like, well, to be competitive in today's world and da, da, da. It's like, you know, I don't know what to say. There's people who are very, very successful who don't have all that. Um, I don't play 10 instruments. I didn't, you know, create an app that solved cancer or anything. You, you, you don't have to do all that. You really don't to create a very happy life. And again, even when you're thinking to yourself to be competitive, what does that mean? What, who's your child competing against? So I, again, just want you to think, even if you could take one thing off the plate or two things off the plate, it would be huge to lower your stress level. So start thinking about that. Okay. Number four to, uh, you know, things to do if there's stress in your coupledom, in your relationship. Now, the fourth thing to do is this thing I call say yes first, which is basically don't deny, dismiss, um, or anything around your partner's stress. So no matter how unreasonable you might think it is, I don't care. Don't, don't get into that. And instead say yes first, which is my way of you know, being that yes in your partner's life. So what I want you to do is uh, be there and with whatever they ask for and notice how much you often say no. (laughs) So they might come to you with some idea and uh, whatever it is, and you immediately go into problem solving instead of just saying yes first and problem solving later. And so what happens, your partner is constantly feeling like you're a, a, a Debbie or a, a Duke Downer because the response is always sort of this negative thing. So I really want the response to always, always try this, always, 100% of the time to be positive. So if they say, uh, oh, I, I want to go out. Um, hey, Saturday, my friends are going out. I, I want to go out with them. And you're thinking, well, but you know, our daughter has a baseball game and our, our son has to be at soccer practice. And uh, we already have plans with who so-and-so for dinner or whatever, you know, all the things. It, it, that's all fine. I want you to say, sure, that sounds great. I totally that if you really want to do that, that sounds great. Um, and, and then, and it could be at a later date, doesn't have to be in the moment. You can say to them, there are some things that we had for Saturday. Can you help me problem solve that? So we can make sure you get out with your friends. You can do that. You don't, this isn't about you being a martyr, but this, this is about you really going, wow, this is something my partner really wants or needs. How do I make it a priority? I had, um, (laughs) I have a couple I worked with recently, um, and he came home, he wants to open a restaurant. He's been a, a barbecue guy for many years. He has like this great barbecue recipe and all his friends wants it. And he wants to like start like a barbecue, either a restaurant or like a line of sauces or whatever. And, uh, and he's a corporate exec guy and she's a corporate exec woman actually. Anyway. And, uh, he's, you know, he loves this barbecue thing and he, <laughs> he came home and was like, Oh, I think I want to start a business. You know, he's saying all this stuff and the wife you know, she's, she says he just gets so excited about things and enthusiastic. She's, a, she's been afraid to say yes to things because she feels like he'll just go off on a tear and do it. And I said to her, well, first of all, notice your language. You're afraid to say yes to your partner. That's scary right there. And anyway, so in this instance, because there was some other ideas he had, she said, yes. She goes, all right, you want to start a business? How would we make that happen? And of course, in their talking, 
he was the one, once she said, yes, I'm in, Let, let's make it happen. What do you want to do? Let's sit and talk about it on Saturday. He started going, well, I don't know. And actually, I'm not sure if it's, if it's a restaurant is a good idea to open. Maybe I could just look at, you know, making some sauces and seeing if I could bottle them or something or, you know, or sell them. And she's like, okay, what do you want to do for that? You know, she just kept saying yes. And she said before they knew it, actually the two of them were laughing about it in, my, in session with me. Before they knew it, he had sort of scrapped the idea because he realized it was just going to be too much. Uh, and actually, she noticed how sad he seemed about scrapping it. So secretly inside, not so secretly, inside, at first she was thinking, I want him to scrap this. This is horrible. I don't want to have to take all this on. It's going to mean more work for me one day. But instead, she was trying to, you know, do this yes thing. And she said she realized as she watched his little face fall <laughs> around the idea of never doing anything with the sauces, that she started championing, championing the idea. You know, she started saying to him, well, let's not throw it all away. Let's brainstorm some more. Maybe there's another way to do this that doesn't feel so work intensive where you can have some fun. And maybe let's not look at this as a money-making thing right now, but as a fun thing for you. Where could we start with that? And they came up with all these ideas. Uh, you, you're, I know the two of you might be listening right now, so you know I'm talking about you. I'm not going to give away all your great ideas. But they came up with some really great ideas together. And talk about a bonding. And that's what the husband said when they were sitting here. He said, wow, I just felt like she was so there. She was, you know, like on the team with me. You know, he, he knows I like the, that term. So really different. and was bonding and connecting and this stress, right? De-stressing. It's totally de-stressing. If he had walked away going, oh, she's she's killing my dreams again. I hate this job. You know, then he hates his job more and he feels trapped and maybe he's angry at his wife. And instead, there's a whole new thing that's on the other side. So, so important to don't deny, don't dismiss, and just try to be a yes and then problem solve after the yes not with but. So yeah, but not that. It's a full yes. Yes, that sounds great. How can we make it happen? And then in the how can we make it happen conversation, obviously the fact that you already have plans for dinner or that you don't have time on Saturday or whatever else will come up and you'll problem solve those together and figure out solutions to get to the yes. Okay. Uh, number five of the seven is to ask for help. Let your partner know you're struggling. If you're the one who's, who's really feeling stressed, you got to say something. Uh, don't think, uh, in the same way, don't think, well, I'll just leave my problems at work. You know, there's a lot of problems at work. I'll just forget about it, close the door, come home and just be whatever. You're not, you can't do that. These things are open in your brain. Your brain is thinking about it. And so you bring that stress with you, whether you realize it or not. So asking for help is a great opportunity to, to share, to be vulnerable with your partner, which again, can easily lead to more intimacy, trust, connection. Not to mention, maybe your partner can be helpful and they can help you brainstorm and answer. Now, I will tell you that I've had people say to me, I asked my, I told my partner how stressed I was. I told them and they didn't do anything. Um, or I asked my partner to help and then they didn't. Okay. So I've heard that I, and you're listening now. So listen to me. You, you told them wrong. <laughs> I say, I say with love or you asked them wrong. So what I'd like you to do when you ask for help, number one, make sure you have your partner's full attention. So, and I'd like you to do that by saying, by asking a question, Hey, uh, do you do you have a little I, I, do you have a little time right now or can we make time to talk a little later? I've got something that's really stressing me and I really need your help on it. 
that is a very different thing. So first of all, you're letting them know how important it is by asking uh, for telling, you know, setting up a time and saying this is special. Don't just do it over dinner in the middle of another conversation. Make it a real thing. Two, because you're asking permission, uh, you're a- you're really bringing your partner in. You're asking permission to talk to them about it, which really brings them in power structure wise right away. It's a very subtle little psychological thing, but it's it's very powerful. Number three. Now you're sitting with them and you're telling them what's going on and notice in that conversation. So sometimes what happens is you'll start to share, you know, I'm really stressed. I've got so much going on and they might go, well, you know, I have a lot going on too. And I've, you know, right. They might do that. So number one, I'd like you to set up the conversation with, you know, I'd like to talk to you. I've, I've, you know, I've got a lot of stress right now. I know you do too. And I, I am happy to sit and brainstorm with you what to do about your stress. I just want this to be about my stress. I want us to talk about mine. I am in no way saying that you don't have any or that I have more than you. I'm not, I'm not even coming to that. I am telling you that I need help. And here's, you know, and then when you're asking for help, I know you might go, well, I want them to help with, you know, going to buy groceries, but you're, you're, uh, let's say the wife, you know, I want him to help go buy groceries, but he hates buying groceries and he's terrible at it. And he's going to ask you to make a list and he doesn't know what kind of milk you get. And he does, you know, it, it's not a help really. You think it's going to be the help. So you can also ask them. So I have all these things. What do you think you could take? What do you think you could, um, you know, help me with? Or do you think we could use money from savings to pay for someone to help with A or B or something like that? Brainstorm with them. Again, it's a we problem, not a you problem, not a them problem. It's a we problem. So how do you solve it together? So when you ask for help, uh, that's how I need you to do it. I need you to be very clear, really take the time, ask for permission, ask to brainstorm, make sure that you set it up well so that they don't get defensive. And if they do get defensive during the conversation, I need you to stop the conversation and go, you know, I hear what you're saying too. I get that you're stressed also. And it sounds like it's really stressful to even have me talk about my stress. So how about this? How about if I talk for about 15 minutes about what I have, then you talk for 15 minutes and then together we decide on what we want to tackle, how we want to tackle our stress, something like that. There's totally ways to come at it. It's not okay to say, I asked and nothing happened. That is not okay. If you had a job and you were told you had some goal you had to take care of and you you were like, yeah, I asked Sally in accounting for that report. I never got it. Oh, well. You would not go to your boss and say that in a million years. <laughs> if Sally didn't give you that report, you would figure out a way to get it. And that's what I need you to do here. You need, you need to get to the, to the end. Okay. Number six increase your positive emotions. No matter what the stress is about, having more positive emotions in your life will help combat the negative effects of stress. Yes. So cultivating feelings like uh, gratitude and joy, fun, laughter, contentment, and love, these are all, these are the best ways to deal with stress, to cultivate these emotions. So and that can be anything from listening to an inspiring song, uh, listening to my fabulous podcast, um, reading a great book during your commute, uh, have everyone share a win at the dinner table, uh, even once a week, uh, take a walk after dinner and uh, write a gratitude list, play a fun game with your friends or family, take that pottery class you've been putting off, join a new team if, if you really want to play a sport or something. Do things 
that cultivate that really with that goal in mind, I want to cultivate more joy in my life. What do I need to do? I will tell you to stay away from drinking more, doing more drugs, <laughs> being focused that sex is the only way to have more, uh, you know, happiness in your life. It, it, I need you to do things that first of all, aren't going to harm you in the long run. And second of all, are things you can control. So really think about that. Stress makes us focus on the negative so you can help combat it by actively deciding to focus on the positive instead. But you have to actively decide, right? You got to actively decide to focus on the positive. Okay. And last but not least is getting perspective. And this is a little bit related to number three, the reprioritizing, but I want you to remember that you feel the way you think. If you want to stop feeling stressed, you need to stop thinking stressful thoughts. You got to stop. Uh, William James has this great quote, uh, the greatest weapon against stress is our ability to choose one thought over another. I love that quote. I really want you to get perspective with things. If, and this happens a lot, sadly, when um, something bad happens, really bad, like someone almost dies, you know, your partner has a heart attack, you, you know, there's, or there is an actual death in the family, or your child gets really hurt, or you find out some horrible diagnosis somebody has, or when bad, bad things happen, we tend to reprioritize really quickly, really quickly what's important. Suddenly, a lot of stuff becomes bullshit. And we go, that's not important. I, I'm going to not, you know, volunteer in the auction committee right now. I'm not going to, you know, stay at, late at work. I'm not going to X, Y, and Z. And for some reason, we start to think, well, the only way I can do that is by having something really horrible happen that gives me permission to, to do that. No, get perspective. Your life right now needs to not feel crazy and stressed. So looking at it as a complete picture and deciding what really is important, really, really at the end of the day, and where you want to put your focus, time and attention. And again, getting perspective on, uh, you know, not freaking out over the fact that maybe your kids ate sugar more often than you want them to, (laughs) or had too much screen time, or whatever, you know, whatever. Getting perspective is so important to, to think in the big picture, how is, how am I handling A, B, or C? Not in the little micro mini picture. Okay. So your top seven, uh, to do things to do if there's stress in your relationship were promote relaxation, make it a priority, get good sleep, reprioritize in your life in general, that whole say yes first and, uh, really be a big yes in your partner's life. Ask for help, but ask for it well. Increase your positive emotions, really focus on cultivating those and getting perspective overall. These are uh, your big takeaways from today. As always, I appreciate you listening. And one last thing before you go, please, is if you uh, don't know, I have a book out, uh, Be Happily Married Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And that book works even if your partner will do things. (laughs) It has really my top 10 uh, tools. And you know, I'm always very actionable and I give you the research and all that in a really a uh, pint-sized book, you know, with great readability. Um, and if you haven't gotten it yet, you c- there'll be a link in the show notes. Uh, you can buy that on Amazon. It is a number one Amazon bestseller. It's done really well. So thank you all. And if you do buy the book uh, and can leave an honest review, I would totally appreciate that. And uh, that's it for today. And I will talk to you next week about uh, anxiety. All right. Have a good day, guys. Thanks for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast at www.abbymedcalf.com.
Hi, this is Kristen. And this is Jen from My Mom So Hard. And we're here to talk about By Heart. Do you remember when you were nursing and you were like, I want to give the best thing I can to my baby? Well, we've got that for you. It's called By Heart. And it is a infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Curious about By Heart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with code MOMS20 for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. Tell them my mom so hard sent you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.